Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. So let's get right to one of our callers. Here's Ken in Texas. Hey, uh, Steve, I got a lazy boy recliner that I love and my wife loves, and my son makes fun of me for buying because I'm 70 years old. <laughs> but that thing is great, and I looked at the company and provides unbiased answers. Lazy boy, everybody. LZB is a symbol, manufactures upholstered and hardwood furniture. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Good morning. I was just wondering if you're legally allowed to have two or three different Roth accounts. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast good afternoon everybody welcome to invest talk it is tuesday august 31st last day of the month august 31st 2021 then we in september we are moving quickly through the whole summer period so far we've had no correction the market has slowly been eking up most of the summer Remember, I told you at the beginning of August that August, if you look back all the way, is one of the best months of the year, except starting in 1987, I think it was. And then August became the worst month of the year every year. It was strange. It was a strange turnaround. We don't know why. No one knows why. So now we're through August. We're moving into September, October. Market's pretty expensive. The earnings were great. So it helps support higher market prices. It's tough. You know, if you ever try to time the market, you'll never get it right. I don't want to say never. You may get it right one out of ten times, two out of ten times, but getting it wrong most of the time is very common. That's It's not – you cannot time the market. Just can't. It's impossible. Anyway, don't get distracted. You still have to manage your money. You still have to concentrate on your portfolios and the stocks you buy, the market volatility, the economic numbers, all those things. You can't let it go if if you're serious about managing your money. So just keep to pace. That's your mission, okay? Your mission is to keep watching your portfolio. Doesn't mean you trade it every day. I look at mine every day, and I very seldom make a trade. Right, I it, it's it's I know that that's the only time I make trades is to rebalance or something's different about the company that I own that the companies are one of them that I own that maybe the management changed or they lied on their statistics or bookkeeping something has to change or competitors has a better widget than the company I own something but that's pretty rare those things that happen. Our mission statement today, independent thinking and shared success. And as you know, I say it every day that I do the show. I'm sure Justin does too. That's our. That's your guarantee that we're going to give you, Justin and I are going to give you the facts. We're going to provide you with the information that we think is accurate, and we're going to do it complete, as completely as we can. That you have all the information from a stock the economy, you know, what the Fed's doing, everything that we know. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. We will, and I, we try to uh, correct them 
if you want. For instance, someone uh, sent me a text saying that M&Ms, remember on Friday I said M&Ms are not sold in Europe or Japan. Well, if you listen carefully, I said M&Ms are not imported from the United States. Yeah, they make M&Ms there, but they don't use the same coloring because our uh, coloring dyes that we use here in the United States are not acceptable to Japan and the EU. They don't, They think they're unhealthy or whatever, whatever the reason is. So they have to make them there. So they do have M&M, just not imported from here. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. And when you do, you get to shape the show, taking the direction that you want. In fact, you can call right now. We're live, 888-99 charters our number. We're live 4 to 5. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to one of our callers. Here's Ken in Texas. Hey, uh, Steve, i got a Lazy Boy recliner that uh-huh. I love and my wife loves, and my son makes fun of me for buying because I'm 70 years old. <laughs> but that thing is great. And I looked at the company, and they've got some, to me, their fundamentals look good. They have a nine over a 9% earnings yield. They're their cash flow yields good. They've got no debt. They're buying back shares. Can you look at me and reaffirm what I'm looking at or tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about? Now, everything you said is absolutely correct. Everything you said. Lazy Boy, everybody. LZB is a symbol. Manufactures upholstered and hardwood furniture, including recliners, sofas, chairs, love seats, and other. They're going to make 321 this year. You know, their earnings never went down. In the COVID year, it always went up. They're going to make 321 this year. They made 262 per share last year. Next year, the estimate is for 344, and it's a $35 stock. So it's about 11 PE, 11. Its range is it's never had a high PE. The range is 7 to 21 because it's a low growth and not the huge margins that like tech companies have. But their sales growth in the last couple of quarters has really sparked because everybody's getting back to normal. But normally, their sales growth is not that high. I mean, last quarter is 84%. Quarter before that, 41%. So it's usually not that high. Good, solid company. Return on equity is 17%. Pays a 1.7% dividend. So, you know, it's a good, solid company. I just don't know if it's going to get very much higher. The highest it's ever traded at was $46 in 2000. And that was this year, ever. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't, it does not trade at really high multiples. That's the only worry. It's a great company, solid company. So, appreciate the call, Ken. Enjoy the Lazy Boy. I am. <laughs> I think they're great, too. I don't have one, but I've been in those. Hey, it's pretty comfortable. We'll get you one because they're well worth the money. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for the All call. Right, appreciate it. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question, what's the smart play now if housing is cooling down? I've been mentioning that for several weeks, month or so. Looks like the housing market has peaked, so we're going to talk about it a little bit more. All four regions of the U.S. reported uh, U.S. housing reported a year-over-year decline in pending home sales, which is an indicator of home sales that are likely to take place in one to two months. In other words, they're pending. Someone made an offer, someone accepted the offer, and now they're waiting to close. 
It declined two times, two months in a row. So we'll see. Um, uh, Walgreens raises their minimum wage that they're going to pay their employees for $15 for the starting wage. I think we need to discuss that. That's, that's great. I mean, that's great for the employees. I want to mention it in contact with other companies and inflation. China cracks down on online gaming. Now, this isn't something that they've been doing, and they're getting more, they're doing it more and more and more. Not just the gaming, that's just a symptom of what they're cracking down. So we'll talk about that. And let's see what else. I don't, uh, you know, does I don't know how many people out there in Radio Land knows what, about salt, salt and sea here in Southern California. It's in the desert, and it's a huge lake that's really salty. Why am I bringing that up? Did you know that that salt is has lots of different kinds of minerals in it? And some of those minerals are now very important for the electric vehicle industry. And it looks like there's going to be a boom out there to get those minerals out of the salt and sea. So it's pretty interesting what's going on out there. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My trivia question today concerns credit scores. You should be aware of yours and how to improve it. So how did the market do today? It was down, but not much. The Dow was down 39. The Nasdaq down only seven points. The S&P down six, but it was a down down day. It started up positive in the early morning and then just kind of leaked downward during the day, but not fast. Nothing, uh, you know, striking. I don't think it means anything. I really don't. 888-99-CHART. We're headed into a quick break, but never fear. I am here on the duty and ready to answer any of your financial investment questions. 888-992-4278. Summer's moving fast. The Labor Day holiday is already on the horizon, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, gentlemen. I often hear you talk about, you know, stocks kind of jockey to make your portfolio. And I'm wondering if you could walk us through your most recent transaction that led to one stock being removed from your portfolio and what stock you added in its place and what your thought process was to, to make that change. I know it's kind of a... Tough question to answer with SEC rules and everything, but if, if you could, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, I won't go into specific about a specific trade that we made. I won't do that because that's you know really information we hold for our clients. But I can tell you the process. But I can, I'm not going to be specific about what we what we did. For instance, a recent stock we sold because it ran to the value that we expected it to run to. And we felt that the growth potential of that stock and sales and profits have maximized. So we decided to exit that stock. Okay. And look for a different stock. And we did buy a different stock that we think had more potential and more growth expectations. 
Um, but all of our stocks that we buy have to have some measure of value. We don't we don't overpay for stocks. Uh, if we do, we will take a risk on just one or two or three of our positions, and we hold about thirty positions for if we're fully invested for our clients in any of the stock programs. So, you know, we there are specific reasons why we get out, and you know, we've talked about them on air quite often. A change in management, a, a, a competitor comes in that has better a better uh, a method or whatever, they're just out-competing the company that we own. Uh, and they re- they reach their potential in the stock price. Um, or we have, we just rebalance. We we would, if we're just rebalancing, we don't necessarily sell out a completely of a stock. We might cut it. Or we might add to a stock to rebalance. So it's all those kinds of things. It's a constant management kind of deal. It's just always with us. When people take the time to leave an Investor Podcast review on iTunes, we would love for you to do that. We like to thank them with a a little courtesy question quickly answered. So let's take one, a couple of those. Don from Ashland, Oregon. What is tapering? I listen every day and have learned a good deal about the investment world, and it's Pretty enjoyable to listen to Steve's trivia question. Would you please explain what tapering is and how it relates to government printing money and selling treasuries? Okay. Well, you understand tapering. You have to understand how the government super liquefied the system. Okay. So the government borrows money and, you know, and, and puts it out there, right? That's the, from the, the government side. The Federal Reserve is all about managing the economy, inflation, and those things. Well, how do they do that? Well, what happened is they want the economy to grow, and what they can do is flood the economy with money. Well, how do they do that? Well, what they do is they buy bonds, mortgages from banks. What does that do? That puts money in the bank's hands, right? If the government's buying all their mortgages and all their assets they're holding and the government's buying them from them, the bank now has a bunch of cash. That's when we say, well, it's easy money because the bank's got money to lend out there. It's easy, easy, easy. So now all these bonds and all these mortgages are in the hands of the Federal Reserve. Now, when we say a tapering, the Federal Reserve has been buying, you know, $80 billion worth of these bonds and mortgages a month. Tapering means they slow down that buying. They only buy $40 billion or nothing. That slows it down. Therefore, it takes some of the liquid out of the system because the bank's now holding on to those mortgages and those treasuries. I hope that helps. That's very simplistic, but I hope that helps. Thanks for the light. They're moving pretty fast, everybody. And, of course, your phone call questions are always a big part of the show. So call me, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, my focus point today. 
which was also one of my main talking points today, but that's okay. Pending home sales, everybody. What's a smart play now if housing is cooling down? Well, you know, everybody wants to be in real estate. It's one shape shape or another. So, first of all, the pending home sales were down 1.8% in July. Now, the second month, it was they thought it would be up four tenths of one percent. Now, pending home sales are those numbers where the house is sold, and is pending closure, going through the process of closing. That's a pending home sales number. Okay, new construction or uh, new home sales or brand new homes being sold. You know, so you got to remember there's different looks at the housing market. All four regions of the, re- of the U.S. reported year-over-year decline in pending home sales, 1.8%. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's happening is, you know the frenzy we had just a couple of months ago where there's bidding wars on these properties? That's calmed way, way down. There's still a lack of inventory, but inventory is starting to rise. Okay, the number of homes for sale at the end of July totaled 1.32 million, up 7.3% from June supply. Now, what's really interesting, you know, thinking there's 1.3 million or so, 1.5 million or so inventory. Back in 2008, when the market topped, inventory was 4 million. 4 million. So, Back in 2000, just to give you a, a comparison, it was 1.8. What is it today? 1.3, 1.23. So it gives you an idea that there's not a lot of inventory out there, but it's increasing and it's taking pressure off. Okay, let's go to Corey in Ohio. How you doing, Corey? Hey, great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm trying to look at this company, uh, BHP Group. Uh, BBL on a uh, kind of commodity um, minerals play? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Australian company engaged in mining of metallurgical and energy coal, iron ore, oil, gas, and manganese. So their problem has been coal. Everybody hates coal, right? I mean, but it's still a big part of their business, and it's still growing because China uses a lot of coal still. So sales had really increased in recent quarters, 70% in the last two quarters. Before that, was 15% growth, sales growth. They're going to make $8.04 this year, but next year it's going to drop pretty significantly to 588 So I would use the 588 number to give you a price, but no one likes to see that. Earnings going from 8 to 588 No one likes to see that move. So it makes this, you know, means that, you got a PE that's pretty reasonable at a stock that's 62 per 62. I mean, if you compare it with just this year's earnings, it's way under 10 PE. Next year's earnings, though, it's about 12 PE, and their five-year range is 6 to 23. Mining companies usually do have low price-earnings ratios. They usually do, compared to, like, tech and other industries. So one of the things you have to learn in this business is what industries carry what kind of P.E. ratios, so you, you compare apples to apples. You know, not Don't compare this kind of company with a tech company. You can't. It's not comparable. Their dividend yield, I think, is pretty safe. It's 9.6% right now. And the reason why I say that is because they have you know pretty strong cash flow, and the growth rate is pretty strong. I, I don't think – I think that 
I think they'll maintain a pretty high dividend. Return equity is 34%. It's very high. So, and, you know, they don't have hardly any debt. They don't have much debt at all. So I think they can maintain that dividend. I do. Which is one reason, one of the main reasons why you buy it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's squeeze in another iTunes question. Donut Investor, he taught, I am looking to get your opinion on ticker ENS, Energy Systems. I've had this security on my watch list for a while. And a recent pullback looks like it could be the right time to get a half a position in. So let's look at that stock, ENS. ENS, real quick. Uh, makes motive, reserve power, industrial batteries, related chargers, power equipment, battery accessories. Okay, so it's going to make $5.15 this year, $6.33 next year, growing about sales 16% this last quarter, 4% before that. Not a lot of high growth. This company has not been growing high, but the area that they're in is an up-and-coming area which with electric vehicles and things, so batteries are going to be hot. Um, doesn't pay much dividend. Cash flow is $6.15. So it's about a 16 or so PE, and that's kind of right in the middle of their range. Cash flow is $6.15, which is good. Don't And I said, the management owns 1%. That's good. Mutual funds are slowly buying. I think it's uh, it's an okay position. I don't think I, it, it doesn't interest me right at this point. Does not. So as you work to build your financial future, one of the things you should keep in mind it's credit score, your personal credit score. So here's my trivia question. Can you name four or five ways to improve your credit score? After the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. What are small-cap stocks? What makes them act differently than large-cap stocks? What's your question? Why not ask it now at 888-99-CHART on Talk. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. 
Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 888-99-CHARGE. Thanks for being with me. Before the break, I had a uh, trivia question. Okay. Uh, so the trivia question about credit. Okay. Name four or five ways to improve your credit score. The cash you have is representative of your buying power, and buying power can also be achieved with amount of credit, which you can access. So in most cases, if you have a low credit score, it will be harder for you to gain a loan, or at best, you may be able to get a car loan, but it might be expensive. It's more than you need to pay for the, for the loan. So how do you do, how do, the, determining credit score is a complex situation. But you got to know what your score is, okay? But how they make it is complex. But how you improve it is not as complex. For one, of course, you could pay your bills on time or even early. That's one thing you could do. That's pretty easy, right? Pay your bills. Pay your credit card bills. Pay down your credit card. Don't just make minimum payments because you want to improve your credit score by paying it down, showing the creditors that you have the ability to control your spending. Avoid multiple credit inquiries. In other words, if you're out there borrowing money all the time and they, you know, you're saying you go to a, a company where you're buying something and they have to send a credit inquiry to see what kind of your credit score, you, if they do that or you do that a lot in a short period of time, that lowers your credit score. Don't do that. Okay? Avoid multiple credit inquiries. Keep your credit utilization rate low. So if you have, you know, $10,000 limit, $5,000, dollars I don't care what the limit is, don't, don't use, only use half of it to prove that you can control that. You know, you got to prove it. You, they want to see evidence over a period of time. And don't get rid of your old credit cards. You know that that's terrible, that that, that will lower your credit score if you get rid of credit cards. I don't know why. It's just kind of, an inverse thing. Anyway, so let's go to Jason in Columbia. How are you doing, Jason? Hi, good afternoon, Steve. Thanks so much for taking my call. Thank you for making it. I appreciate that. Of course. Are you going to, um, uh, I'm calling on ticker, uh, ticker symbol IAUF. It's a gold share ETF. It's near 52-week low. Pays a high dividend, and just wanted to get your take on it. Okay, this is an ETF seeks to provide exposure on a total return basis to the price performance of gold. Okay, so you want to you it wants to track gold prices. That's what it wants to do, and it does you know it just follows gold. Right now, gold this year has done very little. It's gone kind of flat for most of the year, or maybe even down. It's not done very well this year, and I think it's an opportunity. I really do. Now, this ETF, as low as it's been, is about 51 to $52, and they did that in March. Got up to 58 
then back down to 52 here in all, beginning of August, and today it's at 55. That tells me it's put in a bottom. So if you're going to buy gold, and we haven't talked about it in a while, but I think gold is a bargain at this, these prices that we're seeing. Now, what makes gold go up? Well, inflation should. Uh, um, uh, uh, economy slowing down should. Uh, and any uncertainty out there, like a war or something going on in the world, that does too. So I think I think this gold is a really good position to have because it hedges against other things, and I think it has a good potential. I think it has potential to go easily two thousand dollars an ounce, but it might take a year, maybe longer. And it, yeah, I'm not I'm sorry, not two thousand, but twenty five hundred, because it's at eighteen hundred now. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if it went to three thousand. It would not. So I kind of like it here at this price, as John is. Jason, I really do. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Walgreens raises their started minimum salary to $15. Now, they're going to implement it over time, but starting salaries at $15. They're following the steps of CVS, Walmart, Chipotle, and other big corporations to $15 an hour. Now, that's great for the employees. I'm glad they're doing it. I think they should. I don't have any problem with it. But what I do have is an observation that this is inflationary. We saw wage inflation go up 1% in the most recent report. It was just, was it Friday? Just recent, it was just last week. For the month before, wage inflation was 1.1%. This is inflationary. Now, I'm okay with it being inflationary because... You, you know, what but my worry is, as salaries go up and prices of goods and services go up, uh, you know, the, the thing that happened in the uh, uh, late 70s, early 80s, 1980s, was that there was a cycle that they would raise prices, raise salary, raise prices, raise salary. They got into this vicious cycle in which prices and salaries were going up, and that caused inflation to get out of control, out of control. Do I think we have that danger here? Not as much, because back then, we produced a lot of our own things here in the country. We didn't export uh, our inflation out. Now we're in a world economy that's kind of tough for for, uh, wage earners to demand higher salaries, even though they are doing it now. I think they will be in control. One of the reasons why they're in control, I don't know if Justin mentioned this, but the baby boomers, my generation... We're, we're not going back to work. COVID has shown us, well, we don't need to work. We, we can adjust to not work. So now there's all kinds of shortages out there in the labor market in different industries. So, and the quit rate is very high, meaning people willing to quit to go look for a better job, more salary. So that, that that's kind of inflationary, which, you know, it's, I think we're getting to a point where employees, for change, might have a better opportunity to get more money as opposed to the company squeezing them, okay? I think they're going to be, because the companies are having trouble. Have you seen all the, all the uh, for and help needed signs everywhere? I mean, Amazon's having trouble getting drivers, and they're paying a $1,000 bonus just to sign up. So it, it's everywhere. 
I'm kind of liking it for the workers. Okay, let's keep moving. Go back to uh, InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Good morning. I was just wondering if you're legally allowed to have two or three different Roth accounts. So I have one in E-Trade. What's, you know, stopping me from opening up one in, you know, TD Ameritrade or something like that? I was just wondering if you could give me some guidance on that. Thank you. There's nothing stopping you. You can open up as many as you like. You can have 100. It just doesn't make sense to have a lot. Remember, you are limited to how much you can put in a Roth IRA per year. So, you know, you can have as many as you want, but I wouldn't recommend more than a couple, three, and one is sufficient if you're in a, a, a flexible enough custodian that you can buy and sell whatever you want. So I, I, my question would be back to you as to why. Why do you want to open up a separate Roth IRA? Why, what benefit is it providing to you? Okay, um, if you find a custodian that's a good custodian, low cost, no trading fees, and all the things you need, why would you have a separate custodian from that? So that would be my question. But no, you can have as many as you want, though. Okay? Okay, September begins tomorrow, everybody. Labor Day is on Monday, so that's a holiday. So the year feels like it's, you know, moving pretty fast. Um, almost on every podcast, I do like to reserve a minute or so to tell you about KPP Financial, our firm, Justin I's firm. We're in Southern California, Orange County, to be exact, between L.A. and San Diego counties, uh, here in, on the coast. Here and on InvestTalk at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. What does that mean? We give you unbiased guidance. We practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same thing as for ourselves as we do our clients. Um, we implement the same strategies as our, for ourselves as our clients. So, you know, we try to keep it simple. We provide free portfolio review assessments. I think most of our competitors do the same thing. They should. But we do it without any obligation. We don't bug you about it. We don't try to sell you things, and we don't constantly badger you to come aboard. We don't do that. Um, If you want to take a look at your portfolio, just send us an email through our investtalk.com and Tell us what you like and tell us you would want us to take a look at your portfolio. We'll, we'll take it from there. We'll help you. We will help you. We like helping people. Trust me, I do. I like helping people. Uh, so give us a call and give us a try. Give it a try and see if you like it. If you don't, you know, there's no obligation. 888-99-CHARTER is our phone number here on the radio station. We're taking your calls. Give me a call. Next up, we'll play a caller question that asks about market processes. That's next on InvestTalk. Our InvestTalk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on InvestTalk.com. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Justin in North Carolina. Uh, I have a significantly overweight position in, in Oracle, and uh, I like the company long-term, but, but think this is maybe a, a good uh, possible covered call option for me here. I don't have a lot of experience with, with covered calls, but is, do you think a, a, an overweight position in a company you like is a, is a good opportunity to, to consider covered calls? And if so, what would be the, the strike price targets uh, you would you'd sort of look at? Thank you. 
Okay, that's really a question for Justin. Um, I don't do options. I don't trade options. Never had, never got into it. But the concept uh, is a good one for a position that you're over, that you feel is overpriced and overweighted in your portfolio, but you still want to hold on to it. So you don't want to sell off or cut back. Well, what if the price goes down? Well, you can protect that downside, that downside risk with an option, covered call option. That earns you a premium, and it can be called away from you. But there's the, the there's strategies and options to protect your upside and downside. But it's not for just anybody. I would not suggest people get into it. You got to learn how to trade, learn how to invest, learn how to learn how to manage a portfolio before you even think about options. But I think that question would probably be best for Justin. So you might want to call him. Let's talk to Mary in Burbank. How you doing, Mary? I'm sorry, Irvine. I thought Mary. Hi, oh. Steve. How Hi. are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I would like to know your um, thought about KKR, please. Okay. KKR is a symbol of KKR and Company, Inc. It's out of New York, New York City. Provides global alternative asset management and capital markets transactions services to institutions. So when the stock market is active and running, they do pretty well. They'll do bad in a recession. Okay, that's that's pretty simple. Let's take a look at the earnings. They've been growing their earnings and sales for the last few years, so they've been pretty stable about that. Next year, this year, they're going to make three dollars and fifty-nine cents, up seven percent from the year before. And then eight percent more is the estimate for next year, to three dollars and eighty-nine cents, and that's why the stock is at sixty-four dollars. Okay, sixty-four dollars. So that's what a twenty PE, and this has a pretty wide range of PE range, and that's that's it's running about. Uh, between 5 and 119 P.E. range. So you really can't use that as to if it's a low or high. Turn equity 16%. Cash flow is very strong. They only pay about 1% dividend. They do have a lot of debt, 244%. I would like to look into that debt before I buy it. Sales growth has been very, very good in the last year because the stock market has been very good. So uh, it's a good, strong company with great cash flow. Management owns 2%. Mutual funds are buying, but I think it might be a little late so to the party because it's been rising pretty consistently. I'd wait for a pullback of some kind. And it might take a while to get a pullback, Mary, but I would wait. Good solid company, though. Thank you for calling. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, let's talk about China and their crackdown on online gaming. Online gaming. This is their crackdown. You'll love this. Uh, think about, think of, you know, because we have so much freedom, we don't even, we just take it for granted. They are going to require, they're going to not allow uh, people to play, to cut down to children's by two-thirds their time on online gaming to three hours per week. Three hours per week. They're going to force it. They're going to make it. They're not. You don't get a choice. It's not like you can sneak in and get. No, they'll cut you off. That's it. They know they have control of everything. They cut you. They cut your internet off. 
They're trying to promote, they say, more study and more work. Okay? So China is rolling out a system called social credit to track every individual and company doing everything or anything online, through data movement, and telephone. How do you like that system there, everybody? Hmm? On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline. Coinbase continues to displease customers with new security era. Do you know who Coinbase is? We'll talk about that. That's tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions. We're live, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Andrew from Georgia. And I wanted to give a call. I had a question about the ticker FANG, F-A-N-G. I've had it for quite a while, and it's done good. I'm just curious, should I take some profit, hold it? Where do you see this stock going? I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Hey, this is Diamondback Energy, F-A-N-G, engaged in oil and gas exploration, production of unconventional offshore oil and gas in the Permian Basement as well. Uh, they're going to make $9.80 this year. They're up from $3 last year. It's huge, right? Next year, they're going to make $13.32 a share, up another 36%. So it's a $77 stock, and it's going to be thir- make $13. So that's, you know, five, six PE, very low compared to its PE range, two to 66. So it's pretty low. Turn equity is not very good at 4%. So they're not very efficient with the money. Pays a 2.3% dividend. That's going to be continued. And I doubt that they can maintain this growth rate. They're not going to be able to do that. So don't get overly excited about the value. The value is very good. The stock has been tailing off recently because oil prices had peaked and spiked. And, you know, this stock went up to 102. Today it's at 77. So it was 102 at the end of what? Uh, Right at the end of June. And now it's back to 77. The support is about 72, 73, right in there. So this probably is a good place as a technical buy on a chart uh, because it's coming off that support, bouncing. So it's a good solid company. really is. Not a lot of debt either like that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So we were earlier on the show talking about housing, okay? We're talking about pending home sales down for the second month in a row, 1.8%. But generally speaking, housing prices are still really going up based on June and July, but I think you're going to see that flattening out now and rolling over because we know that the housing market is starting to weaken. 
Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's going to crash. I don't think it will crash. I don't. As long as the Fed keeps interest rates as low as they are, I don't. I just have a hard time believing that it'll crash. I just think the prices have peaked. The next time that we get a price, sharp price decline, will be in the next recession. Now, I think prices could stabilize here or go down a little bit and just run sideways for a while, as long as the mortgage rates are as low as they are now. So the question is, what do you do with your house? Do you, if you're not in one, do you buy one? Well, you're going to buy a house for a high price because prices are high, but at the same time, you're going to get a very low mortgage. 3, 3% mortgage rate for a 30-year fix, that's extremely low. Just, a, just as a reminder, my first mortgage was in 1980s, and it was 12.4 or something, 12%. And I thought it had a great rate. Okay, and That was during the very inflationary times. I still bought the house. And I still made a lot of money on that house like three years later when I sold it. I bought it for, I think, 44000 and sold it for seventy. Now, not here in Southern California. That was in Parsippany, Troy Hills, New Jersey, around Rainbow Lakes area. I owned the Barton Farm, built in 1805, built Barton Farmhouse. So it was a really old house, and I tried to fix it up. And I didn't have the money <laughs> to fix it up, but I did a lot of the labor myself. But I enjoyed it. But, you know, so you still can buy houses even though prices are high. You just got to be a, you just got to be a patient. You know, but it's all about location, too. What part of the country you're buying? You know, are you buying a very dynamic area like San Jose or Southern California? Or are you buying something that's very stable like Kansas City? That kind of thing. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members give us a try. Give us a free listening. It's free. The podcast downloads are free, the shows, everything's free. So, to give you an idea of the scope of your Invest Talk audience, we have investors, you know, in all 50 states and about 50 different countries around the world. So I really appreciate it if you spread the word. Okay, now you can download us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as InvestTalk.com. iTunes, you get to, you can rate us, so we do appreciate that if you do. Independent thing and share success. This is Invest Talk. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 